Hey y'all, welcome back to the Not All at Once, the podcast for anyone who has accidentally purchased the same book twice. In my case, the book was The Whole Brain Child. I found both in the stack of yet to be read books on my bedside table uh, and then decided because I'd already taken the dust jackets off, that's what I do, to drop one on my neighbor's porch. Had one of my children do that. I figured she'd love it and totally forgot to text her and tell her it was there. So I'm pretty sure she received it as some kind of anonymous note that was a reflection of her parenting. If you are not spacey enough to purchase the same book twice in the span of months uh, and then gift it (laughs) unrequited, unrequested, to a neighbor and not tell her why, um, welcome. Actually, if your life isn't a disaster, you are welcome here. I'm Ann Smith, and my life is just, I mean, it's just a life, right? This week alone, after weeks of trying to give myself some breathing room around the launch of my new business, Social Ease, I (laughs) was ready to slow down, um, add a new podcast episode to Patreon, a new podcast episode here, do a gift guide for small South Carolina businesses, all of the things, and figured that um, this would be the time to do it. And we are three, four days into the week, and we've already had one pediatrician's visit, two children home sick, an overnight stay with our three-month-old at the animal ER, and an urgent care and a telehealth visit for me. And the week is still youngish. So if you're waiting on something for me, please text me about it because it's not intentional. I am I am doing what I can. Your sweet DMs to check on me and see where this episode was were just so appreciated. Thank you so much for being here and for listening, for being a part of these stories. This is a continuation of possibly the most downloaded episode, uh, but not all at once has ever shared. My friend Brooke Turner died of breast cancer in February 2020. You can hear her episode just weeks after her death. Um, There's a really incredible story about the restoration of some lost, corrupted, unfixable files just after her passing. But we, um, I guess, released it on February 26th of 2020. If you're scrolling back, it's super important that you listen to that episode first. It's episode 47. Brooke and her sister Liz are people I have known since I was in the fifth grade. And if you think I'm awkward now, ooh, buddy, you you should have seen what they've seen. Liz, um, after the unexpected passing of her brother-in-law, who was hit and killed while he was on a bike ride, decided to move her husband and family of three children back home to Columbia to help care for her sister, who was already diagnosed with stage four incurable breast cancer. The next year and a half was wild and hard and sweet. And the year and a half since... With COVID and a pandemic and six children from, I guess they have three sixth graders, two fourth graders, and a third grader um, in a little school in a big farmland with goats and ponies, all the things, everything, all kinds of living creatures. Theirs has been a wild ride. And Liz is here to not complete Brooke's story, but to walk us through the next chapter of it. I have never received so many emails and questions and texts because many of you didn't know Brooke except through But Not All At Once, which is one of the greatest privileges of my life to be able to introduce that story to you. And now we get to hear what came afterward. Brooke's passing happened before the world changed on a dime and lockdown took eight grieving people under one roof and threw them together in a new blended family. Liz is going to tell us all about it in this first hour-long episode. You will hear about the years Brooke was still alive. We work our way up to the very end of Brooke's life, and next week we will have another hour with Liz, who was so gracious to share her precious time with us um, about Brooke's death and the months afterward. The children are beautiful and healthy and happy, and every picture I see reminds me of their parents. I can't wait for those of you who speak these children's names to me as though you've met them in person and who pray for them and have loved them and contributed for them and just want to know where they are to hear this story. Thank you for bearing with me in a week that has been unpredictable, but this is a story that is one of the many reasons I'm proud to be part of the But Not All At Once community. This is a circle of women who really care about one another, and this is a story that deserves telling. So thank you for being here to listen. 
Liz Fisher, I'm so thankful that you are here on But Not All at Once. This has been a much requested episode. As for people who don't know, I interviewed your sister, Brooke, gosh, in August of 2019. And then for reasons we couldn't explain um, that, well, some reasons we could explain, but there were some weird storms in the Carolinas. Our, both of our internet were kind of in and out. And then the files just went corrupt and we couldn't really explain it. So Brooke and I spent the majority of that kind of fall trying to find a time to finish this middle part of her story. And then towards the end of that winter, at the end of her life, her voice, her literal physical voice wasn't there. And so she and I were texting about how we would, in her words, shepherd, steward the story, finish it. Would I read her words? She was such a word person. Would she be able to recount some things? Would what, what would we do? And the morning after I found out that she passed away, I opened my files, which I had sent to audio engineers. I had called all the people. We'd done all the things. And they were entirely restored. It was the biggest gift to me. And to this day, when I need a friend, I pop my earbuds in and I take a walk for, you know, an hour and a half or two hours with Brooke. And it's a tremendous privilege. And I think thousands of people who've listened to this, they they didn't all know her in person. And this podcast is maybe the only connection that they had with Brooke. So we get emails and we get DMs and we get questions and here you are to answer them and to continue your sister's story and in a much more palpable way, her, her legacy. And I'm just, I'm so glad for that. So thank you, thank you. and welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. I, it's such a treasure to have that. And I will be honest, I've listened to it handful of times. And each time I do feel like I'm just sitting there with her and Mm. it's, um, it's just, it's just such a sweet gift to have, um, her voice. And, um, just recently I listened to it, the children, um, especially Selah, who is Brooke's oldest had asked me, uh, we were talking about this, um, and she had asked if she could listen to it. Mm. And I said, I think so. I think so. Selah. Um, let me listen to it one more time right. and just, you know, just kind of, <laughs> but your mom at it wasn't a lens. terribly scandalous lady. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. I knew there was nothing scandalous. I just wanted to kind of listen to it through the lens of her children. And, right. um, and so I just, uh, it, but it just kind of dawned on me too, that it's been such a gift to us, but what a mm. gift that is for her children. Mm. They haven't listened to it yet, but um, you know, I don't know that they really knew much about podcasts, but they're starting to get older and starting to understand more about what's out there. So just what a gift that is to them and having her voice and hearing her tell their story and God's story through them. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing. So thank you for um, just being the interview and for being faithful and looking for those files and just all of the (laughs) miraculous events that showed up that we have this wonderful podcast. So it was, it was so amazing. And such a privilege to kind of walk through that process and then to hear her voice in the literal days after her loss and to imagine too, you know, Brooke was really intentional. I would think that's one of the top words I would use to describe her about her words. She was good with them, but she also understood the power of them. So I found that both in just a casual conversation and then also in a podcast interview, she was very aware of what she spoke about and how she spoke about it. So to hear her speak both of her children and the long road to, mm-hmm. to get to having them and also of you yeah. and of her husband was, mm-hmm. it was really powerful. And I think that's what people have really drawn close to and really been mm-hmm. captivated by is everything she said she meant. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. She really spoke with intention. So when her children listen to those words, they will know that's the core. That's the heart mm-hmm. of who she was. And I, as yep. someone who just chatters and chit chats <laughs> and says who and whatever comes to your mind, that's, that's not mm-hmm. something that comes naturally to me. So <laughs> I love that thought, but the consistent question or thought, hope that comes to listeners' minds that they have all Mm -hmm. sent me when they found out we were going to talk is just that they are in awe of your family Mm -hmm. and that they're 
praying for you, that they're there, that they love you. And I say that as someone who knows you and as someone who knew Brooke, sometimes I imagine that would feel a little off-putting. Like you, you must hear people say, your sister died, your brother-in-law died, you have six children and a job mm-hmm. and a husband, you've moved four times in what, six years? I think that sounds about right. Yeah. And you're superhuman, right? You're Wonder Woman, you're Superman, <laughs> you're so strong, you inspire me. And I, I said these same things to Brooke because I know she heard it all the time and I thought, mm-hmm. Does it make it hard to express, you know, Brooke, if people are telling you you're my inspiration, you're so strong and you just want to say, actually, I'm a like, I want to lay on the floor and cry. But (laughs) all these people are telling me I'm their inspiration. So here we are. What what does it feel like being in this life? You have your sisters, three children you're raising. I was telling someone this morning. So I think I have this right because I'm trying to do the math between when we all three had children. Mm -hmm. You have three sixth graders. Mm -hmm. Two right. fourth graders mm-hmm. and a third grader. You're good. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Don't ask me anyone that's my own right. children's birthdays, but I think I got that right. That's so that's right. you know, yeah. six children, third grade to mm-hmm. sixth grade. Yeah. Grief all around. Grief for a beloved brother-in-law who's your husband's best friend. Grief for your sister, who was mm-hmm. not just your sister, but you know, she was what a year and a half old when you were born. Yes. Like you you couldn't yes. have been more like twins. <laughs> Yeah. So what you're carrying, your plate mm-hmm. is like a platter. <laughs> it's very full. What does that feel like from the inside when people say, oh, you're so strong? Are, are uh-huh. you are you wanting a nap? Are you wanting a good cry? You know, I guess I don't know that I, I do. I do get questions a lot how about, about how things are. And people say, well, you're great. Even at, you know, my business trip, I have my people that I work with kind of learning our story and being mm. like, Oh, wow. How do you do it? It's just normal. I mean, it's, mm. it, it feels that the grief is, is not something that everyone is uh, facing in, in the same way. There are many people in different ways, but it's, it's really hard to put into words. And this has been a challenge of mine, but it's, it's hard, but it's hard. Like it was hard with three when we had three, it's so many right now it's, it's that the heart of managing blessings. And I think that was something Brooke mm. talked about on her podcast. And I know she, and I talked yes. a lot about it too. I say that to myself um, at minimum on a weekly basis that yes, this is hard, right. but it's managing wonderful, right. good things. I feel like we had a period of immense suffering. Brooke was in the physical suffering we were all suffering alongside her in many ways that it's really difficult to explain unless you've kind of been in the trenches mm-hmm. and navigating the um, the emotional world that that is so the suffering was was in that period and then the grief and and whatnot just trying to pick up the pieces after Brooke passed obviously after Justin passed so i don't consider us in a period of suffering at all now i i mean we are our life, we have such a joyful life and God has blessed us so immensely. And these children are such blessings and it's just a lot. It is a lot Mm. to manage and overwhelming, Mm. but it was, you know, there's been periods of life where we felt like that before when we had three toddlers and, you know, well, you had three kids, three and under at one point, right? Uh, Yes. And and at some point Brooke had, I mean, her babies were even even closer, right? He had three under two. Right. You just do it. You just do it. Yeah. But I want to back up a little bit because I want to start. So people, hopefully who are listening to this have already heard Brooke's story, but let's back up to the start of it. So you and Brooke Mm -hmm. have always been super close. You Mm -hmm. were both, particularly the start of your careers, really career driven, really involved Mm -hmm. in that aspect of your life. You and your husband, John, and your I don't know how many babies moved to Texas with you. Cause I know they came in quick. All three. Yeah. All three. So three three teeny, teeny babies. Max was 18 months. So yeah, he was barely walking. And you have, so you have three tiny children, you go to Texas and then is it while you're in Texas that your sister, your best friend finds out she has a breast cancer diagnosis? Yes. We knew that we wanted to, I think I had a sense of wanderlust and John was, like, Hey, this is a great big market. I'm in construction. Let's do it. So we were, you know, excited about this new adventure for our family. We get out to Texas and, um, well, first of all, it's extremely hard. We didn't have any family. We didn't know anyone. 
I couldn't find a great nanny. So the kids were in daycare there and they were sick a lot. Um, it, we, we just really had uh, trouble finding, getting a drive and we we're having to commute to work. And it was just a very different world out there. And then six months in, I get the devastating news from Brooke about her breast cancer diagnosis on Max's second birthday. It was just, I mean, it was crushing, of course. And so I I had moved out there with work, but John also had gotten a, a great opportunity out there. But, but all of a sudden, you know, we, we felt like we're 15 hours away. We just moved here six months ago. How? What does this look like? What do we do? Yeah. What do we do? I remember flying home to Columbia for her second chemo after that first diagnosis, for her second chemo. I remember flying home to Columbia and I didn't want to leave John out there with the three kids. So I think I took one or two with me and Mm. just on a plane. And just, I just remember the (laughs) chaos of that, but I just had to be in, I just had to be with her. And I, I remember you know, walking with her through that chemo and then coming back once or twice more flying in from Houston with some portion of the kids usually. Cause I, you know, I didn't know right. if I could leave John with all of them. And it was three, just, under, three, three yeah. hundred a lot. And it was just, um, just a kind of a chaotic feeling. And so, but, you know, and I wasn't really walking with the Lord at that point more, more so than, you know, Hey, I've got a big decision. I'm going to pray about it, but I wasn't, I would say actively walking in the word and everything, but God still was just so faithful because this opportunity came up for us to move to Jacksonville. And it was one of those things where, wait, you just moved to Texas. So really like, why are you going to move to Jacksonville six months in? But I just, we just said, we need to be closer. We got to be able to drive there and help and support. And be in the um, same time zone. Be in the same time zone. Exactly. And just be there to, because we don't know what the road ahead is. So we, I, I went to this person in my um, organization who was hiring for this role. And I was like, I know it's crazy because you guys just relocated us here, but I'm kind of interested in that role in Jacksonville. Here's the story. Here's why I'm qualified. And it worked out. And mm-hmm. John found a great opportunity there. So all these ways that the Lord was just had his hand in our lives, even when I wasn't actively seeking I was praying for Brooke and her illness, but I wasn't really seeking his will and and digging deep in the word, but God was there and he was orchestrating all these things. So we ended up moving to Jacksonville almost a year to the day after we moved to Texas. Meanwhile, I I still have boxes in my home, probably in a closet somewhere from a decade ago (laughs) that haven't been unpacked from a move. I can't imagine just yes. the with I mean again Crazy. you do what's in front of you right you've got you three do. small yeah. kids you you just do it so you go to Jacksonville and then you, you and I live together in college mm-hmm. and it turns out that uh, another roommate of ours mm-hmm. ends up yes. in your life in that place what does that look like what a huge blessing that was um I look back on our time in Jacksonville as it was just a really sweet time I mean yes it was chaotic I was working commuting and life was very, very busy. We had still young kids. They were all kind of in the starting elementary school age there, but we had this beautiful community. And then it got so much better when Lindsay, um, one of my best friends from growing from up and kindergarten, yes, right? yes. Um, moved next door to us. I mean, can you imagine the joy we had no, and seeing you our couldn't kids plan that we couldn't, and it just, I just so needed, um, that, that time there and having her there and having our kids the sweet friendships they formed. It was beautiful. Um, so that's kind of where we were, you know, but, but all the while we were able to, uh, you know, I, some things with work, that's, that's a whole nother, a whole nother discussion about how, <laughs> how God worked through my, my job and all these places, but I was able to eventually secure a job that was much more flexible, allowed me to come spend time in Columbia, work from here, but also be present here as needed. And just the flexibility to do that versus, the original job I had where I had to go in the factory every day. So just so much, so much, so many God stories. I mean, he had his hands all over it. And even before I was, um, I would say in 2017, when I started actively really walking with the Lord. So um, yeah, it's a beautiful story. So 2017 Brooke is, well, I mean, let's kind of walk people through Mm -hmm. her cancer story. So she gets the diagnosis kind of the spring earlier Mm -hmm. in 2015. Right. And she, at that point, is a 35-year-old, healthy Mm -hmm. woman, a mother of three, young, Mm -hmm. young babies. 
what what did the next couple of years look like for her? Because there was a moment where she had a reprieve and we'll we'll kind of get to that. But what did those first couple of years, you are two daughters who are, you know, a year and a half mm-hmm. apart, only children with your parents. It's a tight knit squad oh with your gosh. six kids. Yep. What um what does that look like for y'all? You know, I was this first couple of years, um, I think 2015 and then, you know, a year later in mid 2016, she got no, no evidence of disease report. Um, Mm. we had moved to to Florida at that time. You know, I was, I I felt like I needed to be more in the thick of it with her, but I was living five hours away. So even though I could come and help once in a while, I wasn't, you know, in the day-to-day challenges and struggles. And like Brooke mentioned on her podcast and uh, everyone who knows them, Justin was just one of a kind. He was there for her. He was there for the children. Um, he he is someone job well. I mean, that I yeah. I describe when people when I bring him up, I say, you know, look, we have a tendency at the end when someone has left this world mm-hmm. to aggrandize them, to sanctify mm-hmm. them, to make them this perfect, right. glowing person. But Justin is someone that I knew to be exactly the person who was described Absolutely. from the pulpit at his memorial yes. service, mm-hmm. which I talked to Brooke about that in her podcast was one of the most, I, I don't, I don't even actually have words. <laughs> probably. I don't even have probably the right, yeah. the right adjective for that. One of I think transformational. Most, yeah. Like you yes, said, transformational. It Absolutely. was, it was transformational for people who were there, whether mm-hmm. Brooke, I don't know if she was even present. You know, there are times where you speak and you know, it's not your words. There are times mm-hmm. where you walk through something and you know, it wasn't That's you right. moving your legs. That's what it seemed it had to be to me. There's no other explanation, but Justin, when I, when I describe mm-hmm. his presence, both in Brooke's life and just as a human in his yeah. own right, I say he is exactly who people described him mm-hmm. to be. He is. And what, what a gift. We have this amazing man yeah. who, you know, this is my my best friend. I can trust her. That yeah. has to be a really. I mean, now as a yeah. mother of daughters, it has. And to be he's taken care of her sister. Yeah, right. You, she's in good hands. And and I and I knew this um, from from my discussions with her and from from the times we did spend together. I knew that she had um, her sisters around her. Her sisters, um, you know, her best friends, very close. Um, I, I always knew that, but once we moved to Columbia a little further down the story, I realized how, how truly deep these relationships were and how they were just there for her in a way that, um, you know, I wasn't able to be being five hours away. So she had these, uh, these women in her life that, um, have now become very dear friends of mine. Um, but they're, um, just, just in the trenches with her and, you know, I, I always felt so blessed that she had Justin and then there's these other very close friends of hers who were doing that. And then not to mention, of course, my parents and our other family, um, Justin's family and just uh, there's uh, the church family. She was just so well supported. And while I wanted to be here, I wanted to be the one, um, you know, one of the ones in that inner circle doing the things that those that the family and very, very close friends do. I wanted, I felt like I needed to be here. I just wasn't. And there's, um, you know, there's a whole story going on with us and our lives and our family and marriage and jobs. And, and the, the pull to Columbia was there, but the timing wasn't right for a multitude of reasons. And that's, um, and so, uh, you know, it, we, we were, we were five hours away and I wasn't in, I wasn't in the day-to-day struggles. I was, we were on the phone. I was praying for her, but it wasn't, I, but I always felt like I needed to be there. It was just this, I, I felt like I, this pull to be in Columbia, but it, you know, and having our life in Florida, we were there. So that it was a, it was a strange, it was a challenging time in that sense, but I will say the life we led in Florida was, um, was a very, it's just a sweet time, like I said earlier. So, and what a great time to really let your children have, start to have their first memories, their first mm-hmm. little friendships, right? Yeah. Where they have their own little buddies. So, you, well, I will just say, and I told, I told Brooke, and I felt this same twinge in my chest when we moved to this mm-hmm. point, but the, the point, um, you were still in Florida mm-hmm. when Justin's accident happened. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, because I do feel tremendous yeah. trepidation to, to move into this topic again. Mm-hmm. I've 
I've never experienced anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, my legs have never actually given out. I thought that was a thing that mm-hmm. happened in books. Mm-hmm. And I remember my knees buckling. I, I remember hitting the hardwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember mm-hmm. Sam, Sayla, and Hannah's faces. I mean, it, it sounds like something from fiction mm-hmm. coming coming yeah. to my mind. And I remember that day very vividly yeah. and, and the hours that Same. followed. And I was both physically brought to my knees and also looking back, both um, edified mm-hmm. and heartbroken by the community that was mm-hmm. split wide open and came around mm-hmm. everyone immediately. Yeah. This was a phone call. Justin was killed this is completely Mm -hmm. unexpected Mm -hmm. people were preparing brooke's diagnosis at that point had changed to be Mm -hmm. you know a to my knowledge again i'm not an oncologist you can Mm -hmm. correct me to be more of a long-term management this is not a curative Mm -hmm. but we want to maximize the time brooke has with her babies and we're going to do all we can and then we Mm -hmm. get this call this incredible she referred to him as her, you know, earthly rock, the, this mm-hmm. oak, the center of her life and all the best ways mm. in a moment gone. Mm. And you yeah. have a community it makes headlines. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in PR. Right. I'm on the phone with reporters mm-hmm. trying to keep people off of her porch mm-hmm. because my goodness is they're not a yeah. curiosity about what that looks like. So yeah. you're in Florida Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I remember calling Lindsay. Wasn't yeah. it her birthday? Was it it was birthday? Lindsay's birthday. I was going to say it's, yeah. it was Lindsay's birthday. And um, I called her. She's talking to me outside of a restaurant where her parents mm-hmm. had come down mm-hmm. from Columbia to celebrate mm-hmm. with her. And it's, I'm getting calls from people we haven't seen since, you know, mm-hmm. middle school, mm-hmm. our church family, the, the church family Brooks, Brooke was in then mm-hmm. just every stage of our life. I think I was on the patio on the phone for mm-hmm eight hours Mm -hmm. Bradley brought me like refresh my my water bottle every hour or so it was a gift to see that Mm -hmm. play out but to imagine where you were you Mm -hmm. I am I'm guessing get this news in Florida Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and everything changes yeah it it was a I mean obviously nobody expected it um and John was two hours south at some work golf tournament Um, and he went to leave early and he had a flat tire. I mean, there's things like this and I'm wanting to get in the car and go to Columbia and you don't even want him on the road. I I don't want him. I mean, I I want him to come home. I just want him home. Um, And um, I, I say, if we don't, if we don't get to Columbia tonight, like I, it's, it's funny to me how, in the state of shock, the, and this must just be my personality, but in the state of shock, you have to fixate on, okay, what is the next thing I do to like, what, for me, it's a action. Like, what, is, what do I do? What do I do? And right. I That's started packing bags. I started because John, I, I had to stay home until he got home. Um, you know, I started packing bags and saying, we're going to leave when you get home and we're going to get up there and just, and, and I remember, I remember him saying, we'll leave in the morning. We'll leave at 5am. We'll leave in the morning. And, and it was just one of those times that I'm like, no, now, like now today, right now, I'll leave for the right. kids right now. You can meet us. I mean, all these things and your brain to your body. My, my brain is. Yeah. And I, it's a funny thing for me to remember because there was so much going on, but you know, very one track mind, I've got to get to Brooke. And, um, and I, I know, I mean, even, even the community there in, in Florida, they, you know, Lindsay took the kids to a movie. I mean, they're, they're just doing, Hey, what can we do just to like, right like let you process this and just, but you know, at that point, it's just, uh, I don't know, just trying to capture emotions. I, I can't, um, I, 
I, I thought I you really weren't even feeling them at that yeah. moment too. You're just yeah. moving. There's just a state of shock and just get, get to her. It was the, it was kind of the one track. Um, the, Had you one spoken to plan. her? Um, no, I hadn't at that point. Um, I had spoken to my parents who had been in the room with her and said, Hey, you know, tell me, is she t- talking, you know, like what? Right. So, so I, I hadn't spoken with her at that point. And then um, I actually don't think I spoke directly with her until I walked in her house the next morning. Um, we got a very early start and I, I, um, and just timing as it was, I, we didn't, I don't think she was really having the phone conversations at that point. Um, and the house was full of people and it was, um, I will say absolutely the hardest week of my life. Um, and, and, you know, having walked through uh, it again, when Brooke passed, um, the week with the week after Justin passed was the absolute hardest week that I can ever imagine. Um, so it's, it's yeah. wild because I spoke to you probably, probably late the next day, maybe, maybe the following, but I was calling like, what are, mm-hmm. what are some changes? I'm not there. What are some tangible yeah. things? You know, there are people. Yeah, who, I remember that. Yes. It's, um, you know, an obituary of there are people who are right using me, which is so lovely. Like there are several layers between mm-hmm. every us and Brooke mm-hmm. and we don't want to bother her, but how, how can we appropriately right. help? What can we send? What right. can we do? And you read me possibly from just your brain. You rattled off this to-do list. I need to get black dresses for the girls. Mm-hmm. I need to find a realtor. I need yeah. to get a meal for two. And I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. I remember so you saying we, that in Brooke's podcast. Yeah. That, we that don't have that. to get a realtor this Today. second. Yeah. We, we got a hot minute until that, yeah. but it just proved to me that your brain was both yeah. in the moment and 10 steps ahead. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I, I even feel, I don't know if this is again, my personality, but when I say that was the hardest week of my life, I, my mind is like, yeah, well, what do you think about Brooke? I mean, like she was, no, and so, so it's like, I, I, I go to this place where I'm going to say, like, I'm saying this is the hardest week, but you know, I, it was, she, I mean, her world had just been like, you're hurting for her and for exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the children. And so, so I think that, um, I think many people could say that was, uh, that was the, the hardest week. Um, yeah, that, so, but yes, there was a whole list of to do's and I was, um, wanting to take any of anything off of her that I could possibly take off of her. Um, I didn't want there to be any, any, any stress. Absolutely. There was a few things that she had to be the one to make some really hard decisions. Anyone who's walked through these things knows that. Um, so, you know, just trying to take those, uh, tasks, like, you know, childcare, um, thankfully meals were just, uh, food was in abundance that week. We had lots of people at the house, but there's lots of, I mean, and, and we, people kind of stepped up and said, listen, I'm, um, like one of, um, uh, you know, there's one person who kind of stepped up, um, Sam, who said, I'm going to take the food on. And she was, it was such a blessing just Mm. to have her kind of managing that because there was a lot of inflow and outflow, a lot of people and all, but, um, but it was, um, it was just, people kind of jumped in and like uh, her close friends jumped in and took the kids out to the park. And I mean, at any given time, people are just loving on the family um, and, and, and allowing Brooke and my parents and Mary and myself to kind of do the, the really tough things that you have to do in a week like that and preparing for a service and um, the funeral home and all of those things. So it was a challenging week though. And this just um, the kids and, you know, having to, I, I think I wrote, uh, I, I feel like I wrote a pod or a blog post about this a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago, but the kids they're with their cousins. And like, there's this huge feeling of this grief is just surrounding the house, but the kids are with their cousins and they're running and playing. And it's just this really weird, like the dichotomy, know, the, the dichotomy, that was the word I was looking for. And, um, you know, and not to diminish at all the grief that we were all feeling that the kids were feeling, they just do show it in a very different way. And, um, and, but at night, you know, when, when the sun goes down and you lie down in bed and then it kind of hits you that like, Oh, daddy's not, you know, right. So 
that's, I, I just remember John and I, they were all on pallets on the floor. And I remember John and I, cause Brooke was, um, not, I mean, she was, she had her space, but I remember he and I just kind of rotating among them. They wanted, they didn't want to sleep in beds or anything. They wanted to sleep on the floor on pallets and you know how kids that's oh, yeah. fun for them. It's an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It's an adventure. And that's how we had the, all the bedrooms set up like that. And we would just rotate around lying next so to you. Were you in them. Brooke's house? We were in her house. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the kids were in their own rooms, but then they would have a couple cousins and, you know, on the right. floors with them. And we would just, just lay down with them and just like love on them and, you know, talk about what they wanted to talk about. And I mean, it just, it was a sweet heartbreaking time um, as they kind of were process, starting to quiet their minds and process what was happening. Um, so because I just, they were old enough. So at that point, Brooke's kids were eight to six and yeah. your kids were eight to five. Again, math is yeah. not my strong suit. That's so right. Yeah. Correct me that's, if I'm wrong, that's but right. yeah. you know, old enough to understand, but, but also I was 30 something and I didn't understand. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just lots and just lots of questions about like, I mean, questions about spiritual things, questions about just, I guess, what do you know what the word is, but just actual like um, fundamentals of like death. Okay. Well, where's his body? I mean, just like very questions that uh, no adult would probably ever kind of verbalize, but they just don't understand. And it was, um, and, and just having those communications with them was, um, was just a, I remember it, um, being sweet, being exhausting. And then after everyone was asleep, um, just falling into bed and, and John just holding me and just sobbing and just saying like, what about, I mean, uh, you know, all the things like the whatabouts and all of the, uh, right. my, my own questions. You can actually to come into feel mind. it. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, of course the big question is what about her cancer? I mean, right. she's stage four cancer. So what, what about that? And what does that mean? And looking way ahead, um, to all the possible outcomes. I know Brooke had talked about that some, um, in her podcast and what was, what was something she struggled with too, but you look ahead to all the potential outcomes and it was, yeah, it was a very mentally trying week. And then leaving to go back to Florida was also one of the hardest things that I ever had to do after his service. So, And I remember thinking at that time from the way you spoke about it, that, and I'm sure there were conversations later, but that the immediate understanding between you and John was just, mm-hmm. obviously we're going home. Like, obviously right. we're going yeah. to Columbia that there wasn't yeah. like, we're not weighing the pros and cons. We're just, this yeah. is what we do. And it seemed like, I mean, mm-hmm. when I met John, I actually met John at Brooke's wedding, maybe mm-hmm. for the That's first right. time. That's when he met um, the family for the first time. And <laughs> yeah. I sat with him during the wedding and I was like, wow, this is, this is like it. This is like the guy, mm-hmm. but I was also like 11 and a half. I mean, you have no <laughs> sense at yeah. that point of what could come your way of mm-hmm. the, so when you sign up to marry yeah. Elizabeth Arnold, <laughs> you don't understand the potentialities of, okay, her sister, her best friend right. gets cancer. And then also I love her brother-in-law and we have right. these children. And so he signed on. And I thought, I remember thinking both at Justin's funeral and at Brooks, the best thing that we can do right now for these children is support Liz and John. Yeah. Is that whatever we can do to Chick-fil-A gift cards, movie gift cards, Mm -hmm. people. And, and I'm sure because of that kind of layers of people wanting Mm -hmm. to help to kind of what I felt was like an, (laughs) I've probably never told you some of these, but like an inappropriate level. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't trying to be a gatekeeper, but a lot of people would be like, Hey, what's Brooke's address? Mm-hmm. Hey, can I get Liz's cell phone number? Mm-hmm. Now I'd be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for your help. You can send it to me. I'm boxing mm-hmm. up things, which may or may not have been true at the time. But I was mm-hmm. just like, you live 10 minutes from there. And the last thing I need is you show up <laughs> this poor oh. woman's porch or like trying to call someone who's making oh. plans for this funeral. So there was a lot of like, you know, offensive mm-hmm. linemen situation. <laughs> I have the shoulders for it. I don't know if I had the stomach <laughs> for, for that. it. Um, yeah. But so a lot of people wanted to help and I was trying to imagine the appropriate ways Mm -hmm. for people to do it that aren't 
kind of like pregnancy. The, the people yourself, who right. touch you right. and touch your belly without asking mm-hmm. are never, my mom would even be like, can I, can I feel? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You can yeah. feel. Thank you for asking. It's the weirdos in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yes. So people <laughs> have big hearts. They hear mm-hmm. the story. They read about Justin in the news. Mm-hmm. They saw the headlines. They, they want to cover this. They want to, mm-hmm. you know, contribute. And that's great. But also I'm overwhelmed on a regular non-grieving day, just mm-hmm. like with the logistics of yeah. living in the world. Um, I know people really wanted to protect Brooke and, and also mm-hmm. you from that. So what mm-hmm. did that look like? What was helpful and what was like, okay, thank thank you, but can you not be on our yeah. porch right now? Yeah. Um, you know, I can, um, you know, this will kind of speak to it both after Justin's passing and then also after Brooke's passing, I would think the answer would be the same for both. Um, I truly, and probably going to say the same things Brooke said, but truly like gift cards are amazing right. y'all. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and maybe some people it's not the same, but like for me, I guess I grew up where going out to eat a lot seemed kind of frivolous. So there's always this yes. part of me that's like, I need to cook and I need to, right. you know, I, I need to be more, um, I don't know, just it's be a practical. little bit more. Yeah. Like thrifty with my money, but right. if you have a gift card, you're like, I can go to Chick-fil-A right. every single Wednesday and Live my best life. And we did that. And like, I remember when I first moved in with Brooke after Justin passed, um, just just quickly, we kind of jumped over that part, but, um, yeah, I, we would every Wednesday night, Chick-fil-A every single night. And, and I don't think we would have done that without these, the, the, the gifting of it's gift like cards. And that's just one example. I mean, like, right. she, like we would, we would take the kids to the movies a lot. Um, cause that was a lot of times the only thing she felt up to doing, right. she wanted to spend time with the children and, um, she, felt up to sitting in a, in, in, in a movie chair and watching the movie. And usually my kids and I would go with her because we were all right. The kids and one, that's, cousins that's wanted to a $5,000 expedition. Yeah. It's yeah. It was a, just a beautiful thing. And just, um, we, we truly, um, P hop gift cards. I mean, we, we did that every after chemo every Monday. What was we it? P hop, a Pontiac house of pizza, <laughs> local reference, everybody. Um, <laughs> So we would go there after her chemo every Monday and mm-hmm. that would be our dinner. And so I just feel like it, it gave us the, the freedom to not think about um, being a little more responsible with our finance. I mean, we, we can eat because we have these gift cards and we would, right. we would maybe do it anyway, but it's just takes one thing out of our mind. So it and is especially a huge gift. In Brooke's yep. situation where you're right. dealing with the handling of an estate and yes. a stay at home yeah. mom with a tying up of. I mean, right. all the really unfair Insurances stuff that like comes that. with exactly, yeah, yeah. cash and, flow and accounts, and yeah, and I and I mean, I'll also echo, and I'm sorry, this is very repetitive because I know she said the same things, but um, the like the GoFundMe's, I mean, it's amazing um, what that has enabled Brooke and the children to kind of some of the experiences they had, and and just getting her through some of those early months where they were finalizing some of those things, taking that potential stress off of her. Um, and then like, even after Brooke's passing, um, we'll get to this, but I mean, I had the ability to take some time off work and I mean, that was a huge blessing. I can't, right. I cannot tell you how much you can't quantify that, that was needed. And that's, I, again, we'll probably get to that later, but I, I think that's wonderful, but, but also the, the personal touches. I mean, I truly getting, getting calls and notes and some of the sweet things like the virtual hugs. And I mean, this sweet blanket, I think it's behind me. Yeah. Yeah. The sweet blanket that I can see the signatures of some of our sweet sorority sisters and closest friends. And I mean, I, I remember talking with Brooke as we, we each got one of these lovely blankets and just Mm. looking at the names and just feeling so loved. Um, and just having, you know, you, you have, you think about the memories you've had with each of these people and how you do have such a huge network of people who pray for us and love us, even if you don't see them or talk to them on a daily or weekly or, or yearly basis. It's just people right. that, you know, are out there that are just helping hold the they family care. up. And it's those reminders really do go a long way. Um, but I think that, you know, when I, anyone would probably say this, and I would have said this probably forever prayer, but no, seriously, like 
none of nothing that's happened. Like God has had his hand in every piece of the story. And I, and God is the only reason that we are able to, um, you know, move forward each, each day. I think that, um, I, I think that that's, uh, he's answered the prayers of all the people. And so, um, when I, when I hear about people saying, we've been praying for you, um, I hear about this communities of your podcast listeners that I don't even know, but I just know they're praying for our family. Um, I, I just know that the multitude of prayers, um, God has answered and is answering and will continue to answer. And that gives us the, um, you know, the ability when there are the really hard days, um, and the uncertainties about what's ahead, it just gives us the ability to, to kind of lean in that and say, God's been there before and he's going to be there again and, and always. So, and, and we saw that, I think really clearly when you moved in the aftermath of Brooke's passing Mm -hmm. of, of Justin's passing rather Mm -hmm. to be with Brooke from Florida, I'm making these Mm -hmm. hand motions, like people can see me on the podcast, but (laughs) from Florida, up the coast, um, up to Columbia. And if people were to map out where you landed in your house, across, you know, catty corner from Brooke in this, you couldn't have just, it doesn't make sense. So tell us about that. You landed, when did you buy this house that ended up being kind of like a little compound for the cousins? Well, let me, I'm going to rewind just a little bit. Um, I was saying how hard that day was when we had to leave Columbia after Justin's service and um, the whole story of that. um, I guess I, I briefly, the story is, but we decided that it was going to be so hard to leave. Brooke was going to come with us and we were going to spend some time on the beach, which, which was her place. And Brooke and the kids were going to come with us. And they they were just going to be in Florida with us for a few days. um, And just let her and I spend some time on the beach and just change the scenery. And um, we got halfway to Florida. I remember this. We were in two different minivans um, mixed. The kids were all mixed up. Um, and I was riding with Brooke and John was driving the other one. And, um, she just did, she didn't have a piece about it. And we stopped to eat lunch and Sam had developed pink eye somehow. And we were sitting there in like this Burger King at the truck stop. And she said, I just can't, I got to go back. I got to go back home. I don't have a piece about this. I got to go back home. And so we were sitting there in that Burger King in the truck stop and, you know, I thought I had these next few days with her just to be there. And all of a sudden she's going back home. snatched away. And yeah. I just, I just remember telling her goodbye and watching them drive up the road in her van and us she take her driving. three children. She took her three children and mm-hmm. us driving down to Florida and like just sobbing. Cause I'm like that, it was like ripped away so soon. I thought I had more time. And, um, I just, like, I remember telling John, we had already talked about, you know, we, okay, now's the time. This is, this is, we, we've wanted to move up here, but now this is the time. Like Mm -hmm. God made it very clear that any of the barriers, like we were, this was the time. So, um, I said, John, how long do you think it will take us to, to get there? Cause I'm just imagining, I don't want to do this months and months and months. Um, I said, do you think we could do it? This is, um, at the end of August. Um, I said, do you think we could do it in like three months? I said, do you think we can move up there in three months? And he said, I think we can do it in one month. Mm. He said, we'll get you up there in one month. And I was like, did that just no way? Sean. Um, and did that just feel amazing so, to hear that? Even well, that idea? it just, it, yeah. And it, it just felt like he's all in. We're on the same page. We're right. doing this. And I'm not convincing him. Yeah. Yes. He's it, saying, I yeah. can make this happen for you. And, um, and so, yeah, that's what we did. I mean, we, we put our house in the market in Florida in record time. Um, we got the kids enrolled in the same school as the Turner kids, which was amazing that they had exactly the right spots for our children's ages in the same classes and just all the, all the little things that there was no round peg in a square out. hole. No, yes. it was just the, the doors were opened, the house across the street, um, you know, it's funny that we, we walked through it. It was the only one or one of the only ones in the neighborhood. We walked through it, didn't love it, but it was across the street. Um, really bad wallpaper, some, some lots of work needed. We'll put it that way. Right. Um, and 
And, you know, we knew that would take some time to go through. So the kids and I moved in with Brooke and her kids and, um, and, and we moved in. What was it? It was 20. It was, I think about exactly a month after Justin's passing. Wow. We, we, we moved in um, with Brooke and the children and the kids started school the next, the next Monday. Um, so yeah, we did it. We did it in a month and then it took a couple more months to get in our own home. Um, but yeah, the house, we, we ended up buying the house across the street. And and then while I was living with Brooke and the kids, um, we were working on getting new wallpaper and paint and carpet and all the things that needed. And then we moved in um, and <laughs> I truly love, love, love that house. Like I, mm. I, I came to really, really love that home. Um, and I, I miss that home. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly why I feel so drawn towards that home, even though we were only in it for a short period of time, but, but yeah, it was a patty corner. And I think it was just sweet seeing the kids run across the the little park to, uh, between the homes and, um, yeah, God worked out, worked that out well in so many ways. Um, to have it right there. And, you know, the kids would ride to school together. I think we kind of rotate who drove them and it was, it was a hard time, but it was, it was a sweet time to, to be in Brooks life day by day to day again, because what you wanted, yeah, what I wanted. And I hadn't been, I hadn't, she and I hadn't really been like that. Um, I would say since she moved out of home when she was, uh, you know, when she went to Clemson, Yes, we we saw each other at Clemson. We were in the same sorority and all, but we weren't really. We were like a building yeah, yeah. apart at one point. Yeah, the, exactly. Um, and I don't think we ever saw lives. them. We I feel we like we rarely saw them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like we were part of. We we had our own lives and friends and activities. So, um, I felt like we were really doing life together day by day. Um, but she needed you. That's and, the difference. You didn't need her in college uh, like that. Yeah. Right. We didn't need each other. We. But um. But we were it was a really, really sweet time. Um, you know, we'd sit and by this time, um, I, I really, I really was walking with the Lord. So we'd spend so much time just on the couch reading our Bibles and just talking about what we were learning. And it was just, it was just beautiful. It's like th- those times are such a sweet memory, um, for me. And then watching her with, with my kids, um, was really sweet too. There's some really special connections made. Um, and, uh, you know, especially when you're in someone's life every day, it's just a, a different type of relationship was built that, that we didn't have. when we just solved each other on holidays. Um, and that, uh, on, on the flip side, I began forming that type of relationship with, um, the Turner children, which is mm-hmm. exactly, you know, what, what needed to happen. So, so um, how did that, how did that work? So, Justin has passed away. Yeah. And the shock was that he, in many ways, had been preparing one day Mm -hmm. to raise these children alone. Mm -hmm. The the hope was to give Brooke as many good years as she could have, as much Mm -hmm. life as she could, Mm -hmm. knowing this incredible man is is holding the family together. In an instant, that is gone. You come home to Columbia. I know I quote this all the time in podcasts. Jackie O said, I want minimum information given with maximum mm. politeness. That is, mm. that is where I live. I do want you to pat me on the head. I do want you to give me a rosy mm. view of things. You and Brooke are in a place you've moved there. She's mm. a widow at mm-hmm. 30, what, eight, mm. 38. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. What hard conversations do you have to have and how, how does that change the the trajectory for you? You always knew Justin was that safety net, that safety net is gone. Do you have to have harder conversations about long-term things with that you might not have wanted to have before? We really let Brooke set the tone for that. Um, when you're walking with someone who's very sick and you're really kind of living scan to scan, it was one of those things that anything like that needed to be initiated by her. Um, it was certainly not something that I, I would say that, you know, that it became, it became challenging because she broke was such a dreamer and she had big ideas. And I mean, she went to Israel the spring after Justin passed 
And in between her chemo sessions, we had to move some around so she could go. She had not been feeling well at all, just in general. And she went to Israel. I mean, she was such a dreamer and just wanted to see so much. And, and so, you know, there were some hard conversations that usually my parents or I would just have to say, is is this actually going to be joy? Like, is this actually going to be joyful um, with the way you've been feeling? Um, She might want to take the the kids to Disney world. Um, And, but, you know, it's really hard for her to walk across the house. And and so we're just having to have these kind of hard conversations like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as the, what the future holds conversations, I would say it was probably the last couple months when we really started um, having some of those tough discussions. And, um, you know, there's some things that you don't really want to have to ask, but you have to, you have to get some things on paper and just make sure that everything is like very well wrapped up from a, from like kind of a will legal type perspective. So that initiates some of those conversations, especially just having gone through that. I mean, right, Justin, yes. Justin died in August of 2018 mm-hmm. and right. broke at the beginning of February, 2020. So we're yeah, the ink yeah. is drying on all the legal right. nonsense. My sweet dad is just so good at that. And he, um, he really helped drive a lot of that. And sometimes I would come in and try and have the discussion with her in as tactful way as possible. But I, th- I think that in, in the last month or so, we, we started really having more of those discussions, but no, nobody, nobody was expecting February. We, we, we thought we had more time, but um, we were having some of those tough discussions, but not as many as we would have liked. And, you know, she lost her voice. It's really interesting. We, we would talk a lot and then there would be a time that it would just be so hard for her to talk. She would start writing, we'd write notes back and forth. And we had landed on the fact that, you know, God has taken the voice. If she had multiple surgeries and different things to try and get it back, it was not, not without trying, but it was just, nothing was working. And, and Mm. she's, she said, maybe, you know, I think God just wants me to listen. And so it was, um, and, and the, and the last, you know, conversations we had, we tried to have son, but a lot of it was written. Like she wrote things down. I still have those. I mean, I still have some of those last things that she wrote in our conversations. I would speak and she would write answers kind of thing. But yeah, there was a lot of things, the conversations that probably if you think about it, Hey, it would have been good to have that. Like I would have loved to ask her, Brooke, what do you want me to do with your journals? All the things you've written. I would have loved to have, have a kind of clear definition from her about that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what, like, but we, we didn't have a lot of those discussions that I think we maybe thought we had more time or just, I don't know. Was there ever a sense that you had a timeline? Was, I mean, I know doctors are very hesitant to. No. Um, Well, we, you know, we were after, after Christmas of 19, I think we were, we were thinking that we should be thinking in months. Um you know, not years. And that was the best that we got. Yeah. There's still a lot of things that I wish we would have had time, time to discuss um, about that. It was the big things were very clear. I mean, she wanted the children to live with John and I, and that was, you know, the cousins together. I think she wanted, you know, Ben Lippin has been such a, that's the school that they go to that, that it's been such a huge blessing to our family. And then the way the community has loved us through everything, um, it was a desire of hers. You know, she had, she had said, if I was able to take some time off, should something happen when should, um, something happen that she, she would really think that would be helpful for the children. And, you know, it was, I felt like that was her desire was that I, that I took some time off. And of course she didn't know what was to come in spring of 2020. None of us knew what was to come in spring of 2020. Um, But. So you left, you took some time off starting in January, right? Before she passed. So when she got, when she was declining, when her health was declining, I took a leave. um, And I was thinking it was going to be a few weeks. Um, just so I could really spend time with her. And there were a lot of needs at that time. Uh, my mom was taking care of a lot of the medical type things that um, there, there was, I just wanted to have time to to spend with her um, and, and help with the kids when at that point in time, she needed 
care uh, pretty much full time um, from a health perspective. And therefore I needed to care for the children um, because mom had also, mom and dad had been doing a lot of the care of the children. So there's just, I was just needed um, and other places and we'd kind of um, swap out who cared for the children. And then I would spend some time with her. So we would, we would just work together as a team. So that was, um, that was in January and then Brooke passed in February. And I put, I, I, I made it, I, I called my manager and I said, I, I need to, I need to leave. And they said, well, what, do, what about we give you a long, longer leave of absence, six months or even more if you want. Um, and I said, you know, I just think I need a clean break. I don't want anything hanging over my head. I need to focus on merging our families. I need to focus on these grieving children and just getting, getting our life as a family of eight, inserting a structure into it that we, we hadn't had even since we moved to Columbia, there had been no, not, not great structure because any given week, depending how Brooke was feeling, right. Um, so many variables things, there, things were changing all the time. Um, right. Many weekends, the Turner kids would go to me malls and some of my kids might go to my mom's. And I mean, we were always, things always looked different um, week by week. And a lot of it had to do with how Brooke was feeling and her chemo schedule. And um, so I knew it was just important. I wanted to set up some stability and okay, we've, we've got this new family unit and we have, uh, and, and we're grieving together. And um, I didn't want any, uh, anything hanging over my head. Like, Oh, I've got two, like, you know, when you're on maternity right. leave, okay, Oh, no. I've got, I've right. got like eight more weeks of maternity leave. Oh, six more weeks. I didn't want that. Cause I, you know, I remembered those types of feelings. So I just asked, I just said, I need a clean break. Um, you know, I always thought I'd go back, um, but didn't know when I didn't want there to be a timeline on it. So, well, um, speaking of going back to work, I know that you do have work in just a few <laughs> minutes. So this seems like yeah. maybe kind of leading up to those final days might be a good place to put a pin in it. I would love mm-hmm. to revisit also because I don't want you to be like weeping in mm-hmm. like a professional lady. Talk. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I do my best to yeah. keep my crying to my off hours myself. <laughs> so, um, but I would love to continue and especially to move into how those six mm-hmm. grieving children are doing and what um life in your new place looks like in yeah. in another conversation in all your free time. Absolutely. I know a lot of people, obviously the Turner kids have lost both their parents, but your children have lost a lot too, mm-hmm. not just beloved aunt and uncle and watching mm-hmm. their cousins grieve, but also mm-hmm. even if it's a wonderful, loving thing to have your cousins yeah. with you, it's still a whole new ball game. Right. Right. So yeah. I think we would love to hear about the beauty of where you are now, okay. what God's yeah, doing, sure. all those animals, yeah. that pond, the sunrises. Uh-huh. Yeah, what, absolutely. How healing that is. So let's put a pin in this. Okay. I think that was a good place to pause, like before the end of her life and before the pandemic and the new yeah. house and the it's many chapters. You've carried many chapters. It is hard for me to keep it within a timeline because it's also I know. Like time doesn't exist anymore. Well, time exists for us, at least, and we will spend more time with Liz this time next week. If you are itching for more But Not All at Once, you can go to patreon.com slash but not all at once, where I reveal a whole lot in a new episode called Things I Haven't Been Honest About Yet. Um, You will hear me talk about a literal Karen, that's her actual name, who told me she'd heard all about me and knew about the many skeletons in my closet, which has given me a lot to chew on and ponder about. I walk through all manner of awkward, personal, embarrassing, and heartfelt things, and I hope that you will do the same after you listen, just so I don't feel like the gritted teeth emoji and the only woman who's, you know, got a vulnerability hangover, as Brene Brown would call it. Um, Also, we've got a Zoom coming up in early 2022. I would love your input on when we should do that. And I have two events happening in January that I want to invite you to. Would love to see you at a Socialese Headshot and Bubbly event here in Greenville for um, my new social media business. And also, if you listen to Amber Michaels' Women in Work episode last month, you will know that she is putting on 
um, a weekend retreat for women at the end of January here in Greenville. And I will be on a panel that Saturday afternoon. You can get a day pass. You can stay the weekend. I would love to see you and to talk, but also know that just as that event I had hoped to uh, host in April of 2020 was intended to do, we will be creating some opportunities to have true community. You can go to Patreon and listen to a follow-up episode about our very first guest ever, Meredith Jaggard. And we have three more guest follow-ups that will be happening over on Patreon. Obviously, Liz's episode is a bit of an update and a continuation, albeit for her sister in their combined six children. And I look forward to sharing the second piece of that conversation with you next week. It is so, it's so close to my heart and to the hearts of people who have known and loved Brooke for decades and to people who never got to meet her, but feel connected to her story. That's really, I think, the power of the spoken word of putting your experience out there for the world and not worrying about the vulnerability hangover, but knowing that it's going to matter to someone. There are oodles of stories. I could tell you about how this podcast and the bravery of our guests has shaped and changed and benefited women who hear it. But that will be a story for our Zoom in January, our in-person meetup, our one day, maybe post-pandemic um, hug-a-rama. Like I'm just going to squeeze everyone's neck and thank them so much for being here. And that includes you. I am awkward. I hope you are too. Be your weird, awkward self. We are all doggy paddling through. Um, and I hope you find some Christmas lights and some hot cocoa and some bunny movies to make it worth it. Um, Okay. I'm signing off your wet-haired, augmented, NyQuilled friend, and I hope that you get the kind of right sleep that, fingers crossed, I will get tonight as well. Sending you so much love. I'll see you back here next week. Bye, guys. Bye.